<laughs> Great. Uh, yeah. It's August 28th, 2022, and today on the Teensy Leader Podcast, we have Mr. Jeffrey Bentley. Hello. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Not much. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Pretty, we're doing pretty well. Yeah, we were already giggling before this was recording, so, you know, we have a, we have a history, don't we? We have, we have a history. Yes, me, me and Jeff have been in several shows together, specifically musicals. You know, I'm in this, like, weird point of my life. I don't know if this happens to you. What's that? Because, okay, so Jeff, Jeff is a voice artist, mm-hmm. a voiceover artist. We'll get to that shortly, but... Um, I don't know if this happens to you, but both of us used to be musical theater actors, hardcore. I'm not saying we're not now. Yeah, yeah. But right. I'm I'm saying that like I used to be known as musical theater. Just yeah. And that's it. And now I do a lot of film, and so I've met people with film or like just directing or doing something like that, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Oh, you sing?" <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You get thrown off by it. Yeah, they're they're like what? And me and Jeff have done well. Specifically, we did uh, the producers, and then we did Young Frankenstein. We yeah. did both those musicals, the Mel Brooks specifically, musicals. Specifically, Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. It's always been Mel Brooks with you and me. Yeah, we're just and, waiting for Blazing Saddles to happen. Yeah, if that <laughs> if that ever happens, but I don't know. They if teased. We'll, they teased about they, it. They teased about it. I don't know if they're ever gonna do it. It's it's a different world now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Who knows if they'd ever. Yeah. Be able, you'd have to have probably the production team would probably have to uh, be black, and, and well, they'd have to be, they'd and, have to be really clever with, uh, and they'd have to be clever with things. Yeah, yeah. that's the other thing. It, it's probably about the representation in some way. You yeah, know? but yeah. of course. But yeah. anywho, yes. Anywho, you yeah. And me, our history, was, our uh, history, was playing white boys, playing the white boys. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we in the producers. Uh, Jeff played Max. I played Leo. Yeah, they put me in a fat suit and everything, and I did a little comb over. <laughs> and uh, we did that at TMCC mm-hmm. uh, in the musical theater program there a long time ago. Now it's the theater. If you know mm-hmm. uh, Magic, shout out to Magic. Woo! If you've ever seen Magic at the theater, uh, it's off Keystone. Mm-hmm. It's right by Save Mart. Tons of, of TMCC theater people know what I'm talking about. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a great theater. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. They have some good shows. We did that there, and then we did Young Frankenstein at GLM. Good luck, Macbeth. Yes, mm-hmm. that it. was like 2018. Yeah. yeah, that was that was the last musical I did before the pandemic hit. Yeah, yeah, technically the last live show I did before the pandemic hit. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just like coming back now. Huh? Yeah, I'm coming back. I was with uh, I was with a sh- uh, I was with Cassie in a show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was John and Corey's show, uh, Murder Ballad. Mm-hmm. And it was a four-person show, rock opera, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just a four-person cast, and, and we rocked it. You know, mm-hmm. we totally rocked it. And um, I wasn't even the original Michael, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was cast, like, right in the middle because, uh, you know, s- someone else was doing another show, and then they had uh, other priorities. I'm just like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, John and Corey approached me, like, right in the middle of them rehearsing. So they had, they'd already done uh, – because you have that history, too. Because yeah. you, you took over for Leo. Well, you were not the original Leo. I in, wasn't in, producers. in the producers, you, no. You got smack dab in the middle, too. No, so we, had, we have yeah. that common thing going on. Yeah. So, yeah, but then we uh, – and then I jumped in, and uh, I, uh, you know, took on Michael. What was nice about Murder Ballad – is that it's a rock opera, mm. so my lines were my lyrics, so I didn't have to memorize extra speaking lines. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. That made the process go by faster. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, as of right now, let me see. I mostly do voice work. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've been. I just celebrated seven years of voiceover on August first. Uh, and I actually, it was in 2015 when we did Producers. Producers, that year was just super busy because mm-hmm. um, I had gotten my first gig as being a background actor in a National Geographic, not National, Discovery, Discovery Channel special about the Donner Party. Mm. And my beard was out to here. Mm. So when they put me in the Max B. Alistock fat suit, I kind of looked like Orson Welles instead, <laughs> of, <laughs> instead of Nathan Lane. Yeah. So um, I did... Uh, yeah, I did the Discovery Channel special of the Donner Party, and then I asked Carolyn Ray, who was helping direct at the time. Uh, she said, "Are you, are, are you, um, are you all done with, with the Donner Party?" And I said, "Yeah, you know, do you want me to shave and freak people out because my beard was out to here, so I had to be clean shaven for the show." I remember that. Yeah, you did <laughs> and I, shave. And I asked her, I asked her, "Do you want me to be clean shaven tonight and freak people out?" There was a pause on the other end of the phone, and then she goes. Yes, people need to be freaked out. So I come to rehearsal that night, clean shaven, you know, looking like Max uh, more more than ever. And then Mig showed up, uh, mm-hmm. our choreographer and uh, second director. We had like two directors for that show. Yes. And so uh, Mig showed up, and right when we were about to start uh, King of Broadway, you know, it was the second mm-hmm. number in the entire show. Mig grabs the seat in front of her, like jumps up, and I thought he was, she was gonna like jump on stage, but she just goes boom, and she goes, "Jeff, I didn't know you were handsome." <laughs> After shaving the beard off, and then I had to grow the beard back because I helped out um, the movie Dinner with God, which I was also in with Cassie. Uh, we didn't see each other; that's how film goes. Uh, but we were in the movie Dinner with God, and I grew my beard back, and this thing like grows back in a month. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, I grew the beard back after producers was done, uh, and then I played literally played God on screen, and then I shaved it again for Full Monty. So mm-hmm. you know, we talked about like being a busy actor or theater mm-hmm. or just busy in general, whether it be whether it be live action um, movie or live action on stage. Uh, after that, it was on August first of 2015 that I decided to become a voiceover artist because my son was just born. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't want to go on tour. I don't want to be cast in a movie or a television series where I have to be gone for like six months at a time. Mm-hmm. I want to see my son grow up. Yeah. And so I decided to become a voice actor on August 1st of 2015, and I just celebrated seven years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's pretty damn cool. <laughs> Long that story short. That is pretty damn cool. We kind of we kind of got ahead of ourselves a little bit, I think. I uh, Jeff, could you could yeah. you give me just a lowdown – on so we all know he's a voice actor. We'll we'll get to some voices soon, but uh, maybe you could tell us just uh, your background and like your general history. Give me like uh, your full name, mm-hmm. uh, like where you're born or where you're from, like where you moved around. Uh, your pronouns, sure, um, and then just your background, like you have a musical theater background. Mm-hmm. Other things we might not know about you and your background and how how that plays into your your uh, current artistry. Absolutely. Well, my name, my full name is Jeffrey David Bentley. I was born in Oakland, California, and then I moved here when I was three. Totally my choice. And <laughs> Yeah. And the, th- and the thing is uh, that my family was here and my mom was comfortable with moving here. And then uh, I grew up, I went to Lincoln Park Elementary. I went to Mendive Middle School and I went to Reed. And Reed was when I started to get into theater mm-hmm. uh, because, believe it or not, I was the quiet kid. Mm. First 15 years of my life, I was the quiet, shy kid. 
um, I I sat and drew pictures. I, I was a visual artist before I was a performing artist, mm-hmm. and I would you know have my sketchbook uh, ready for. You know, at any point of the day, because uh, I was a bit of a loner. I didn't know how to make friends. Uh, I didn't know how to connect with people. Uh, even, I will tell you this right now, um, I have a buddy, Hugo, who I met when I worked at the uh, Nevada Registrar of Voters Warehouse. We were setting up the voting machines. His brother, Chris, was my bully in elementary school. 25 years later, I get an apology from Chris oh. because he said, yeah, I'm sorry the way you know for the way I treated you, but... When we were kids, I just didn't know how to talk to you because you were always. Mm. And then he goes, you're a lot more calmer nowadays. I'm just like, well, I found my outlet. Mm-hmm. I found my outlet. I found theater and everything. But I had I also had a learning disorder. Mm. I was always an audiovisual learner. Mm. But if you gave me a piece of text, whether it be, you know, just a storybook or something, I couldn't tell you what I just read. Mm-hmm. No, it wouldn't stick. But comprehension problem. Mm-hmm. I have that. No kidding. Yeah, it's a comprehension problem. Yeah. I uh, yeah, and it's crazy because you know certain things I get really well, mm-hmm. audio and visual, and like even uh, I teach I teach a, a an acting class, a take two. Oh right? yeah, that's right. So I I taught this one class where we were talking about uh, ways of learning, and um, technically there's no best way of learning, like so mm-hmm. there's audio, mm-hmm. visual. Uh, what is it? I think it's recording, so writing. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. And uh, and then kinesthetic, which is just doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And so uh, that that recording, that like that's part of comprehension, I think. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it's two different things. Maybe there's writing it down. Yeah. But or no, also, it's just comprehension. Yeah. Sorry. Well, no, but there's also people who are an A-brainer who's like all about text and then a mm-hmm. B-brainer who's all about visual and mm-hmm. doing it but mm-hmm. then there's a c-brainer who yeah. absorbs through all of that a, yeah. a lot faster see that's the other half of it because it was it i do i do believe what they're saying they're basically saying there's no best way for specific things mm-hmm. like they gave the example of if you're teaching geography and you're just like okay so germany and france are right next to each other mm-hmm. and then you keep going like that because i'm not great at the geography of uh, Europe, but <laughs> uh, you just keep going like that and telling people where things are, and then you give them the map. They're not going to know. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like giving them the visual aspect of that will always help in that oh, yeah. circumstance. That and that's what they're saying, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know. I have that same thing with reading, I guess. Sure, but after um, my mom put me in Sullivan Learning Center, I entered uh, a freshman year of high school mm-hmm. with a sixth grade reading and comprehension level. And then I would go to Sullivan Learning Center for about three hours uh, every Saturday for about a year. And after 48 hours that I clocked in of going there, I went from sixth grade to eighth grade reading and comprehension level. And by the time I was a sophomore in high school, I was past where I needed to be. Hmm. Therefore, I was able to memorize text, and I was in my first show ever. I learned how to sing, dance, and act all in the same year. I didn't even know I had a singing voice until I was 16 Hmm. because I was always shy, you know? And I am... I was in Music Man. That was my first show ever. I was What Do You Talk on the Train, and then I was a River City Kid dancer, and I still have that hat. And people said, oh, you got a Newsies hat. I'm just like, what's Newsies? I had never been in musicals before. So, yeah, but I, uh, this last April, I celebrated 20 years of musical theater. That's pretty dope. Yeah. That's pretty dope. So your comprehension problem is pretty much gone away? Pretty pretty much gone away because I know how to teach myself to remember stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's just a mode. 
Mm-hmm. It's just like just a, click a on way of... You just flip a switch. Yeah, yeah. a way of doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense for yeah. sure. So yeah, 20 years of musical theater. At least, let me see. Um, as far as a straight play goes, I didn't do that until... Uh, gosh, that was... That was 2005, so, <clears throat> gosh, 17 years of straight plays, Yeah. and then 2011 was my first film, uh, independent film. I went to uh, I went to Illinois for a little bit. I went to Decatur, Illinois. Shout out to Millican University. Thank you so much, because um, uh, they they actually, even though I didn't graduate, I brought back so much. Even my mom noticed like my abilities were different. Yeah. Uh, because in Millican University. I was told <laughs> I was told about it through my friend Mark Lorenzen, who I did shows with all through Reed. And he goes, yeah, I read in the program one time that most of these people who end up on Broadway come from Milliken University. You should give it a shot. I did. I got in, got into the BFA of musical theater, and uh, everything was mandatory to try out for. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if I didn't want to do it, I had to yeah. like, yeah. But then, I switched, but then I switched over to the BA of theater, and it was voluntary to do. So I can c- concentrate mm. on my studies. Hmm. But uh, after that, I uh, I didn't graduate. But I, like I said, so much came back with me. Yeah. But as soon as I get back home, I get cast in a movie, and I'm just like, I left Reno for this reason. Mm-hmm. What the heck is going on? But yeah, there's so much art in the biggest little city. Yeah. That people don't even realize. Yeah. And now it's becoming more popular. I mean, I just uh, very recently, uh, about two three weekends ago, we. Uh, had the Cordillera mm-hmm. uh, Film Festival, uh, International Film Festival. How'd that go? Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I volunteered for four days. You want to talk about a networking opportunity. You yeah. meet so many uh, like-minded people. It's not you, you want to talk about finding your tribe, because mm-hmm. I didn't find my tribe until theater. You know, like yeah. I said, being the shy kid growing up. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And I, I have, uh, even though I don't drink soda, mm-hmm. I do have a GERD. So I still mm-hmm. have that that buildup, you know, and apparently I swallow air because I talk so much and everything. But being a voice actor, <laughs> talking is your job. Talks is your job. So, uh, yeah, we just have to concentrate on uh, the way you deliver things and whatnot. But Cordillera is a fantastic opportunity. And everyone who came there from California, from even Vegas, our our uh, our state neighbor, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people said, People in Reno are so nice. Not just at the film festival. They said, oh, yeah, you know, people on the street, we asked them, you know, where to go. They're just like, oh, yeah, just go down the street, make a left, and you're already there. And they are just so in awe of how we are to each other. Mm. Uh, Apparently, we're like one of the nicest and most organized film festivals they've ever been to. So Mm. shout out to Cordillera one more time. Shout out to Cordillera. Yeah. Did you have any uh, films in it this year? I did not. I was I was mainly a volunteer, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, got to uh, meet up with the people I met last year. You know, I missed you this year too. Because <sighs> last was... year you had what two films? Uh, yeah, no, I had three. three. I had uh, well, so I I starred and produced in Braille, mm-hmm. like pretty much with Braille. Uh, I talked with Melody about it, about her script, and then I brought it to the group of teensy leader at the time which was me greg and courtney um and they they said they wanted to do it and then courtney and melody went away and uh did some revisions on the script Mm -hmm. and then from from there on in the only things i had like a play in were i uh, i told them i wanted rehearsals we had like four or five rehearsals Mm -hmm. um that i feel like i had a major part in setting up at least um 
and then it was shot in my room and that was all my production and then I was I starred in that one and the rest of them stuck I was just the sound on it I was a background character but then I edited it and I edited it quite a bit actually like like a lot a lot a lot and I did a lot of like coloring on it uh, mm-hmm. as well because some of the lighting was weird sure um, yeah. so that <laughs> that took a lot of time fix it in post um, that's the big joke it's not a joke but it's a big joke in it's the entertainment a, business it's a joke it's a joke for sure <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh my God. And then, uh, into the dark, which was the first thing that I directed, um, Greg wrote it Mm. and, uh, we kind of like looking back on it, I feel like I, he let me direct it. Um, but he came forward several times and, and still had input, which was good, Mm. um, in the long run for me, because, you know, coming from this, this theater background where there are a lot of directors who are like, my way or the highway mm, like only mm. only what i say goes and uh i remember back then thinking like you know i gotta be adamant i gotta have my vision blah 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 and like greg was uh, comfortable enough to come up and several times and just say like we we should really do this or we should really do that mm-hmm. and like it really showed me that going forward it's so important to open up to everyone on set or, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least within certain parts of the process, um, letting them have whatever say it is, you know? Yeah. Like, like if you're an actor and stuff and it's the day of, I don't want to hear anything about like shot placement or anything or like, let's do that. But um, if it's like in the rehearsal room or something, like there's a, there's a time and a place for everything. Mm-hmm. You know like, what I mean? Can I try this? I was can thinking. I try this? Yeah. There's a time and a place for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I believe that on every single stage of the process. And I think that it just comes down to like, is this the correct time? Cause I come from that theater background where yeah. it's like, okay, today's the day of the show. Mm-hmm. Do we change anything? The answer should probably be fuck no. <laughs> it, like that's that's the common answer. Probably yeah. don't do that. But you know sometimes you have to, and sometimes that's how it it's a high risk, high reward type of scenario. Usually mm-hmm. is what it comes down to in those those instances. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know being able to go to certain people on the crew, especially in more intimate settings, and be like, hey, like be straight up with me and like, tell me how you feel about this. And if you have an inkling, like tell me, yeah, I love that. Now I got that from Greg on into the dark specifically. Nice. Uh, which looking back at it, I think I watched it recently and you know, it's my first, first film, first film. Uh, Peyton did all the cinematography on it. And, uh, looking back, he has like what I know now, Peyton, if you're listening, I know a lot more now, but you have, you're, you're doing real well. Congratulations. Uh, but if I could go back, I would be able to know how to utilize him a lot more. Because mm-hmm. back then I was asking for things, but like I didn't know how to like do it. You right. know, I didn't word it co- correctly to where they understood. Yeah. Or? Well, it's like, you know, going and scouting in a room and mm-hmm. then thinking like, how do I shoot this? What what kind oh, of yeah. Yeah. Uh, equipment do I need? And like me going to Peyton, not knowing anything about equipment at the time. And pretty much just being like, I need a shot like this. This is how the camera is going to move. And him trying to make it work, that is the beauty of his artistry as a cinematographer, making making that happen. And he did very well on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, we all need those. We, we, all, all, need we, we all need someone who's an expert in what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good to mm-hmm. learn what you don't know. Yeah. But entering into where, hey, I um, excel in this. Yeah. I still want to learn this, but I this is where I excel. Yeah. And I can help you there. I just, I guess what I'm saying now is that I feel more equipped to be on a team with somebody like that mm-hmm. that has so much experience that I can meet them on a plane of being like, hey, let's do this. Let's try this. And they can be like, oh, well, that's actually like a good camera idea. I wouldn't expect that from a director. You uh-huh. know, I'm kind of going uh-huh. for that that yeah. type of thing. It's good to have that yeah. uh, different um, different views on things as well as different mindsets because you got to mm-hmm. click because uh, some people uh, like uh, our buddy John Frederick, mm-hmm. he directed himself in Murder Ballad mm-hmm. and then he had to go and actually do the show and he's just like, I hope I look good because <laughs> I wasn't able to see myself, which mm-hmm. is different than film. When you when you film yourself, you're able to watch the camera you watch, yeah, you and can see watch the footage. Playback. Yeah. yeah, and then you're sort of like, okay, you know, we can do this again, but we had to call uh, another director in Holly Yep. To make sure that he placed himself in the right spot. Appropriate. I was just, you know, I was just talking about this with Cassie on the way here. We were talking about this kind of uh, stigma that Rena has around actor directors, specifically within the theater scene, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think it's because I've seen some in the past that maybe, uh, maybe could have done better. That's all That's mm-hmm. all it really was. Mm-hmm. Maybe people have not had the best experience with this. Maybe that's why there's a stigma around it. Sure. Because Cassie was saying, like, in a bigger city, you producing your own work is pretty much accepted and and uh, expected. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was yeah. what Cassie said. It is expected. Like, when you look at the, the big, big stars, they are executive producers on every one of their shows – Every single one, because to pay them whatever would be uh, less money in the long run for them than the publicity and whatever else they're probably going to get from mm-hmm. it is the, the mindset, at least. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. You know, if, at least if you're on that level. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we're on this uh, Reno level. <laughs> that's that's really what it comes down to. So producing it, I mean, it's a lot of work. That's that's oh, one yeah. thing. Oh. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. After being in the producers, we find out what it's like to actually be a producer. Oh my god, it's it's a lot of work. Well, you putting 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 on any event is just so much work. Being mm-hmm. able to move an army, that's like literally how you have to think about filmmaking, mm-hmm. right? And uh, theater in general. I think theater is easy filmmaking actually cuz you have like you have everything just set for you. Like Oh yeah, it's all right there. Filmmaking um, is moving theater. Mm-hmm. It is a moving office. It is awful. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah. taking your office every morning at 9 a.m. and moving it somewhere else for the day, just for yeah. that day, and yeah. that's it. Yeah, whereas whereas theater, you build the sets. They're, it's all right there. It's, it's all like, right there. It's like, okay, so here's, here's the office. Here's outside. Here's, um, you know, the hallway with the elevator, you know. But then in a movie... If you don't you have to go there, <laughs> you have to go there. You have to find the spots that, oh, this may work. Oh, this may work. This yeah. may work. Maybe. Yeah. If you don't have something else coming through, it's just like, oh, we're waiting on this location. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So kind of kind of to backtrack uh, to Cordillera, I had those three films in Cordillera. Um, I had a great time. 
I had imposter syndrome yeah, beyond you told me about that. belief. When I, I mean, like, it was weird. It was weird going in, uh, seeing the Teensy Leader logo on not only Braille, but Stuck, and which played, like, they didn't play back-to-back, but they one played, and then another short played, and then one played. Mm-hmm. And they both had the Teensy Leader logo. And I was like, wow, this, like, these, and they, in my mind, um, like, there are some good other shorts in that local short thing, but mm-hmm. I was, they were two of the shorts that stood out by the same company and I thought like this is great this is crazy but also going around you know knowing how much work I did all on it doesn't feel real like like because I just do that much work on most things you know sure yeah so like when people are like oh congratulations you did you did so well I'm like this is another day like what do you mean I did well yeah, I'm <laughs> well, just doing my job. Yeah, I know. That's another thing that um, us as artists don't realize. We fall into this. Well, with me uh, being a voiceover artist mainly right now, um, I'm in my booth mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I fall into that dark space uh, because I'm always by myself. I'm self-directing. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, getting in my head, using my imagination because I'm I'm in my booth. And, you know, say, for instance, it's a it's for a video game where it takes place on the field and you have to play uh, an English soldier or a knight, you know, ready to ready mm-hmm. to go into battle. You have to take a moment, get into that mode, see who the enemy is, like be hyper-specific on mm-hmm. these things. You know, it could be uh, a knight in black armor. You could be pursuing the black knight, not from Monty Python, but like a real super strong black knight who has uh, taken out already uh, like 30 of your guys, mm-hmm. you know, without even, mm-hmm. uh, without even like breaking a sweat, mm-hmm. really. And uh, like not even not even the horse he's sitting on is breaking a sweat. <laughs> so you have to be hyper specific, and you have to see the field. You know, is it is it uh, is it dirt? Is it is it grass? Is it uh, is it dry? Um, is it dry uh, like countryside and everything's like where are they invading right now? Mm-hmm. And you have to get into that mode, and then after you do that, you you get into the lines, and then you start to feel it. So you have to create a world every time you get into this booth, but you have no idea uh, how you impact other people when you do that, especially mm-hmm. when you're mostly alone. Yeah. And, well, even when you're on set with other people, it's just like, hey, we're having fun. We're doing our thing. And then all of a sudden, it's out there, and then people come back to you. Uh, like, for instance, if we're sitting down at a paddle, panel or something, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then they come up to you, and they're just like, you know your story you know really moved me um uh, that character you played you know i can relate to them uh you know the the sets were amazing you know i love the story and we don't think about these things and how we impact other people worldly this is a worldwide impact Mm -hmm. to where uh especially after the pandemic and it was a global thing Mm -hmm. It, it, it affected everyone globally and i keep telling people uh, especially after my, you know, 15 years of being a shy kid, it's like, what is the use of being shy anymore? Like, what is the point of being shy anymore after we have survived? In other words, if you're like, why hold things in? Why be scared about showing what you have that nobody else has? I mean, I keep t- uh, saying things like, uh, oh, I'll, I'll just share, share this idea with you because um, uh, I'm getting into animation I, because mm-hmm. I've been drawing for a long time. Yeah, I, meant, I, wanted, to, I wanted to talk about that. But sure. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you tell me about that. Okay, well, um, I'm, I'm getting into animation because I, I write my own stuff now because mm-hmm. uh, I record parodies, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be uh, just a, like a commercial or a song. You know, I do parodies now. Um, 
and I, because I write, I record, I produce, and basically I direct without even, I, I earned all these titles during the pandemic without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a video editor. I, mm-hmm. cre- I became one of those too. So I can do all these things. Then my next step is animation of original work mm-hmm. to just start putting it out there. And, uh, and there'll be small segments. I, I, <laughs> our generation right now, I feel is, I call it the ADD generation. That's correct. Because uh, think of Robot Chicken. Yep. Like, it's a 15-minute show, but there's so many small segments in there. So it's, it's just like everyone's always switching the channel. Mm-hmm. And we have so much more uh, freedom when it comes to uh, wanting to switch the channels uh, because we can just go on YouTube and go, oh, maybe I want to listen to this daily. Do I want to listen to the whole song? Maybe not, but I'll try. You know, mm-hmm. let's see if I'm feeling mm-hmm. it. Oh, I'm not feeling that right now. Uh, oh, okay, maybe, maybe I'll feel slow. Maybe I'll feel fast. Maybe I want to work out to this song. Maybe I want to go to sleep to this song. And so... I'm coming up with uh, either uh, like 30 second, you know, 15, 30 second th- short things to mm-hmm. just like uh, post on YouTube or Instagram, some visual platform. Mm-hmm. But uh, one idea uh, that I said to Cassie one time, uh, you know, uh, Candyman from uh, the, the, the horror movies, yes. Candyman with the hook and everything. Yeah, you, you know, bees coming out of his face bees. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a song by Christina Aguilera, and I listened to it this morning. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I haven't heard it in a long time. You know, it's like sweet, uh, sweet chocolate sugar coated candy man. You know, and, and she's like dressed mm-hmm. up like the Andrews sisters. She has like, she's harmonizing with herself. It's an mm-hmm. amazing video, but it's very, uh, very retro. You know, very, yeah. very Andrews sisters, very uh, doo wop. And uh, so <laughs> I'm listening to it. I'm going, you know, what we can do is we can take uh, Candyman, you know, the actor, and, like, uh, put his face on a body or something like that and then uh, <laughs> have him, like, <laughs> uh, like swing in his hook and everything while the while the song <laughs> is playing, you know, maybe, like, tip his hat or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. just like, like, this is what I see when I hear that song now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I just I just picture Candyman. <laughs> would you play Candyman? No, I would animate it. You'd I, animate, I would the, animate the, it. Would you do the new new Candyman, old Candyman? Old, old Candyman. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. him better. Yeah, yeah, OG. Yeah, for sure. So stuff like that. No shade on the new one, but yeah, I mean, you know, they they do their best. Yeah, uh, they do their best with the new with new horror stuff. Was it uh, reimagining? It's not necessarily a remake. They try to go for a reimagining. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's usually what it is nowadays. Um, but anyway. uh, to backtrack a little, I wanted to do a little uh, a little game with you real fast. <laughs> so uh, so I find it very interesting. That you just like imagine these whole worlds mm-hmm. in order to say your lines. I was wondering if we could like give you uh, some scenarios, sure, and you could just like maybe read some lines or like improv some lines uh-huh. as uh, the these characters that we give you. Unless like there's a specific line that somebody comes up with. No, sure, yeah, no? Yeah? yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, okay, so the first one. Uh, let's say, um, can I? <laughs> <laughs> can, can you be can you be a crack addict i possibly yeah uh, um let's say you're in a back alley and uh let's say that the scene is um you're asking for change mm-hmm. uh, and somebody comes up to you and they they then ask you for change back mm. you're like change and they're like change i'd love some change <laughs> Would you give me some change? How do you how do you react to that? Give me a good good uh, line, just like a one. Well, you asking me for some change, and the thing is, man, 
uh, he's saying your mind is too dense to say you don't make sense if you don't make sense. That's all there is to it. And people say I don't make sense because I, I just I'm out here trying to be my my own person. But uh, you know, so, you know there's, there's a lot of change out there. Now I'm not talking physical change. I'm talking you know, the whole world needs change right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Oh my gosh, that was really good. Great, uh, you great. have to you have to be able to do that. Uh, that's that's pretty good. Um. Uh, uh, let me let me think of let me think of a better putting one. him on the spot. Let me think of a better one. Okay. Okay. Um. Uh. Okay. Ooh. Uh. Uh. You are. Uh, okay. This is, okay. Uh, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is uh. This is uh. The hero at the mercy of the villain scene. Okay. You are a sadistic serial killer. Mm. So you are the villain. Mm. Um. And uh. You have the hero. Right. And this is that that classic like I could I could kill you right now, mm-hmm. but instead I'm going to tell you my whole plan and then leave you to die while I enact it. <laughs> yeah. As far as villain goes, um, are we talking like uh, modern day like mafia uh, or are we talking like medieval ooh, uh, fantasy um, or just, a, just a little bit more? Let's do. uh you know, okay, so I I feel like I feel like I want to make it more of a character. Let's make it period. I was going to okay. say modern day because I wanted to, to challenge you. I feel like that's more challenging, but I also want to I want to see see your your fun sides. So, <laughs> I, uh, let's say like, mm, you know what? <laughs> Jack the Ripper. All right. Let's yeah. let's say that's the inspiration. So, uh so English. Mm-hmm. So you're in London. Right. Maybe it's West London. Mm-hmm. Maybe Cockneyish, I don't know. You you decide these things. Yeah, That's the class, all you. The class, yeah. Yeah, um, but like London area, mm-hmm. um, and uh, your your victim. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I should just roll roll a dice. I need a random person generator for your victim. <laughs> That's okay. In order to do it, somebody who's wronged you. Who's the last person who wronged you, in your in Jeff's life? In, oh, in my life, gosh. Uh, that you would be like, mm, I'm gonna kill you. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, because you know, yeah, that's totally the person I am, right? Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> uh, someone who wronged me. Uh, uh, I, I can I can think of a few. But... Okay, just think of that person and then give me an alternate name for them. <laughs> yes, I will. Because uh, at the same time, you know, usually. Uh, in in my mind, mm-hmm. you know, I, I bear them no ill will. Yeah, you know, I, I wish them well, you know, and everything like that. But you're talking about extremes, so mm-hmm. we're talking about you know further extreme to where playing the villain. Yeah, this we're... this guy has no mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and uh, do you have anyone like that in your life? Probably not. Maybe <sighs> as, well, it's hard to have people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. But as far as going extreme uh, and and you know you know I love playing the villain mm-hmm. and and everything like that I'm, I'm just breaking this down before we go a full throttle into this scenario but uh, as far as I go I practice a lot of meditation mm-hmm. you know, and I used to be a, a lot angrier believe it or not mm-hmm. uh, because I couldn't relate to people you know being the shy kid I I guess I held in a lot of um, uh, angst, if mm. you will, and I would get mad at video games. I still get mad at video games, but not not as much yeah. as I used to. But just to 
get into that mindset of this guy has no mercy. And it's almost as if uh, sometimes killing for serial killers mm -hmm. makes them believe that they are gods, like doing God's will. Yeah. If you think about yeah. that that way. You know, yeah. like, like they're the good guy. That's what that's how bad guys think is they are the good guy. Man. Yeah. So, for sure. So things like that. So let me see. <laughs> My dear, you have wronged me for the last time. Therefore, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to play with you. We're going to play a little game, you see. So I'm going to take this instrument, which I got from a lovely doctor friend of mine, and we are going to take off one fingernail for every answer you get wrong. Let's begin the questioning process, shall we? Oh, creepy. Dang. Okay. Oh, oh, let's do something nice. Could you give me like a, okay. Um, I, I do the same thing when I'm just like, okay, I just watched a horror movie. I need Disney something before I go to bed. Disney, Disney. <laughs> let me, let me, uh, um, uh, okay. You are talking to a child in mm -hmm. your classroom. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you teach the fourth grade, mm -hmm. and this child has just written profanity uh, on the board when you left the classroom. Uh, so you you took the child out into the hallway to talk to them about this profanity. It can be anything. I don't want to say whatever the word is. That sure. I sure. want. I want to give that to you for sure. But, um, but yeah. And now you have to. You have to kind of like tell them why it was wrong what they did because they don't understand the thing. Like you, you can't necessarily discipline them because they truly do not understand, and you know that. But you need to discipline them in some way because it's your job. Right. All right, here. Whew. Okay, Tommy, let's uh, let's come over here. No, you're not in trouble. You're not in trouble. Just, just let me tell you. Uh, that word is not necessarily something we say at school. I mean, I I know I know it. I know what it means. I know what it means. Yes. It, well, yes. Even in the Bible, they talk about making love, but we can't say that word. We can say other four-letter words. You know, we can say words that have four syllables, you know, or even uh, three syllables, but we can't say that specific word. I know it has a little something for everybody, you know, a little soft F at the beginning, a little hard K at the end, and it's fun to say, but we need to be more colorful with our language, okay? Yeah. Uh, I will talk to your mom. You know, she probably was the one who taught it to you. Am I right? Yeah, I know. I thought so. But uh, the thing is... Uh, we're going to go back in. You, you will apologize to the class, and we'll get on with our day. Okay? Yeah. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I should have been a chiropractor. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. I, you know, I have a couple questions about voice acting. Because yep. I've heard, I heard from uh, one person... He was like, oh, voice acting is so much harder than real acting. I See, not necessarily. Here's where I come up with uh, with the levels of yeah. it. Because we come from a theater background. 
Yep. When I was in the movie Three Tickets to Paradise, mm -hmm. uh, you can watch it anywhere now. It's, it's amazing. I, I got I rode a horse in this movie. Three Tickets. Wait, before you go on, Three Tickets to Paradise. Three, watch it where? Uh, you, can, you can watch watch it on Vudu. You can like stream it anywhere. Really, right now. Three Tickets to Paradise. Mm -hmm. What year did that come out? Uh, that came out. Uh, gosh. So let me see. Uh, well, we filmed it in 2013, but it came out eight years later. So gay, yeah. Wow. Yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, you know. Uh, oh, it makes sense. Red, red no, tape. I get it. Yeah. I get it. So yeah, yeah. You know, some people had fallen out. But it happened. They did happen. Like, I, you know, I had longer hair in it. You know, about the the length of your hair. Yes, nice and flowing. Uh, but it played a character by the name of Chris Parker. And he was just a, it was so much fun to play a jerk. Again, you know, a type of villain. Uh, but he thought he was hot stuff in the desert and he was this like rogue cop and everything. But he, he convinced his ex-wife to take him to paradise where we can like dig up these golden eagles and be rich and everything. Mm -hmm. he, he gets what he deserves in the end. It's fantastic. For sure. <clears throat> but I, I hadn't ridden a horse in 17 years. But I rode one for this movie. Yeah. And a little tip for anyone, especially guys, when you're riding a horse and you haven't ridden one before, Go from boxers to briefs. It helps keep everything in place. Seriously, but uh, you know, but I met a guy on on set, uh, Dave, who uh, was part of the casting process. You know, he's the mm -hmm. casting director, and we started talking, and we were into Steve Martin and everything like that. And so he goes, uh, and everyone uh, on set. I will say this, you know, the crew especially. They're just like, we love theater actors who do film because you guys are so consistent with your lines. Sometimes when the direct director asks you to switch up the, um, the delivery, uh, that's one thing. But the crew is so thankful for you to deliver the line the same way, no matter what angle, because it's so much easier to edit. Yeah. They, mm -hmm. they love that. So mm -hmm. just a great tip. And, uh, but I was talking with Dave, and he said, uh, yeah, when it comes to actors, it's like everyone who wants to be in film should do theater at least once. You know, yeah. do do a show that like runs for you know because we have uh, the rehearsal process for theater is usually three months, no matter yeah. if it's a musical or a straight play. Yep, and you get to experience that. And everyone who wants to be an actor should experience crew too. That's what they yep. taught us at Millican, mm -hmm. because any any crew member. Uh, who wanted to become crew had to take at least one semester of acting mm -hmm. and anyone who wanted to be an actor take one uh, semester of um, stagecraft. Gotta respect all the people. It's team effort. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, Dave said, because uh, it's very different because with, with a straight play or with a musical, you go from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. No stopping. And it's never the same show twice. Mm -hmm. You know, because a light could fall or or bust out. The yeah. one mic can go out. You have to keep going. Uh, someone will forget their prop, and you have to fight a different way. Stuff happens. Stuff happens. It's never the same show twice, and that's what makes it so exciting. And whereas with film, they can yell cut and do over, and it's never yep. filmed in order. Nope. Depending on where you're able to get Unless to that day. Unless you're working with kids. If you're working with kids, it's probably going to be filmed in order. Yeah. That's the only time. Yeah. Good to know. But uh, depending on what uh, place you were able to get that day for the set, you know, you were mm -hmm. able to book it. And it's like, okay, we have this set this day, so we have to film this, this, and this. You know, so uh, after having theater experience, getting into live action film or voice acting, especially voice acting, I should say, theater background works so well. Because 
especially those who want to be in cartoons or featured films, which I have two different energies. We'll, we'll explain that later. But uh, cartoons for like TV shows, and then there's feature films, and then there's video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been told, and this is true, uh, video games nowadays, because uh, I'm a gamer and I can see this, video games are the award-winning performances for voice actors. They are the Oscar-winning performances because they have uh, so much uh, deep character work that mm-hmm. they have to uh, really absorb and everything. Mm-hmm. And especially when you are trying to be in a place that's uh, authentic, you know, say in the bayou. You know, they, they do their best to sound like they come from the bayou uh, to where you can still understand them, uh, but they're, they're not over overdoing it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they are, they're hitting it. Mm-hmm. They're hitting the, the accent and the way they, you know, they walk and talk. Because a lot of people, uh, uh, well, from, from a standpoint of someone who doesn't do voice acting, they're usually like, oh, so you just sit and talk into a microphone all day. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, exactly. Because, uh, uh, like I said t- uh, earlier, uh, before we even started this, uh, there's a great source to go to. His name is uh, Dan Leonard, mm. and he's the home studio master. He will tell you how to make a home studio out of anything. Dan Leonard. Dan Leonard. Yep. And uh, after you set up your stuff, uh, you can send him a sample, an MP3 sample, and he'll give you his feedback and everything like that. But yeah, he has this, you know, he has these glasses, great handlebar mustache, always wears Hawaiian t-shirts, great guy. And he goes, when it comes to setting up a microphone like this, like we're able to do right now, we're able to move around and, like he said, gesticulate. Yeah. Yes. So that's what we're doing. We're gesticulating. If you're just if you're just listening right now and you're like, what what are these? We're moving. <laughs> Sorry. Move, move along. Yeah. But that's the important thing because a lot of people just put the stand right in front of you. Yeah. And and then uh, they expect you to like be able to. You, know, you can if you put the stand behind the microphone, that's better. Mm-hmm. And so you can like look over and still see stuff, or like put it up here if you're able to hang it up and whatnot. But you still need to move as a voice actor. Yeah. You still need to get into character. You still need to, like, uh, for instance, if you're going to try out for an orc. Well, an orc doesn't move the way I do as a human. Mm -hmm. You have to, like, hunch over a little bit, you know, get the shoulders up. Uh, Sometimes his muscles are, you know, much bigger, and so Mm -hmm. they they can't, like, scratch their back. So you have to think about how they're going to move. So so your booth, do you have – you have room? Yes, I do. I make sure – I made sure I'm, I'm able to, you know, as much like you could you move. Let's say you had a mark on the floor, mm-hmm. right in mm-hmm. the in the middle of the room, and and that your microphone's right there. Could you move 360 degrees if you weren't like moving from the mark? Like you can have your your arms not hit the walls, or you can go all the way to the floor, or you know jump up or whatever you need to do. Uh, I can jump for sure, uh, but. Uh, only if they ask me to. Yeah. And here's the thing, too. Uh, when you're uh, pretending to run as a voice actor, mm-hmm. they don't want you to actually run because they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll, pick, make the, they'll mm-hmm. pick that up. So you got to keep your feet planted and pretend that you're running mm-hmm. to where it sounds like you're out of breath and everything like that. Huh. Would you – do you just go into it just like that? You just like – you just do this for a while? Or do you just like – you'll start – you'll jog for like five minutes and then you'll – like okay, record, <laughs> and you're like already going. Like, <laughs> not, I got it. <laughs> not necessarily. Um, who was it? Um, like Dustin Hoffman did that for a movie, and then 
um, Ernest Hemingway told him to act, dear boy. He was like, you don't have to actually run. <laughs> to get act, do, yeah. You need to act, dear boy. Great, great. Uh, mm-hmm. But noted. Yeah, but like just little things like that to where you can get things all set up. Hey, live. This is live. Look at it go. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> I love that line. I'm sorry. <laughs> the coaster. The coaster. Uh, but when it comes to getting into character, uh, just your your stance. And I, I will give you a note from the voice of Jimmy Neutron herself. Jimmy Neutron was played by a woman. Of course. Debbie Derryberry. Mm-hmm. She has a three, um, like, instant... Uh, character method you know just to get Mm. into character she goes okay so the first part is look at the age you know whatever it's on the page you know what's the age Mm -hmm. and then second where are they from so what's the accent and then third maybe you can give them a speech impediment yeah do they have a speech impediment Yeah, Yeah. you know do they speak out of the side of their mouth uh are they uh, are they missing teeth or or do they have braces to where they have that Mm. so age dialect or accent and then speech impediment. And can they brain blast? Oh, she can. <laughs> she, oh, she can. <laughs> she can brain blast for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh. Fantastic people. But yeah. And uh, I will tell you too, uh, when it comes to like other people like, uh, like J.B. Blanc, mm. uh, he... Who's he the voice of? J.B. Blanc? Uh, J.B. Blanc or... I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure... Uh, Maybe it's J.B. Blank. Excuse me. Blank. Yeah, J.B. Blank. Blank. Uh, he has been in so many TV shows. He's a great character actor, but he's mm-hmm. also a voice actor. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you see The Count of Monte Cristo I with, did. with um, Jim Caviezel? That, yep. That version with Guy Pearce. With Jesus. With Jesus. Yes. With Jesus Cristo himself. Yeah. Um, uh, J.B. Blank was, uh, the, um, was Luigi Vampa. The, the smuggler and the thief, the one who takes him on his boat, mm-hmm. who says, uh, so, mi amigo, I, I can, he's like, I would ask who you are, but with the fact of your tattered clothes and the fact that we are only two miles away from the Chateau Thief, what's the point? As for me, I'm Luigi Vampa. <laughs> and that, that's him. He's actually British. I'm going to have to re- rewatch it because I, I'm remembering like the, the, fight on the beach with the knives and yeah. stuff it, yeah. it sounds like it's around that but it's it, it been is it is quite he's a the, while since he's the one who sets it up he's the one who sets it up okay yeah, he's the one for who, sure. sets, who sets it up with with yakipo yeah like that, I, that maggot you see tied up over there i recall the scene but i don't recall Him. the specific actors that's okay in the scene that's okay but he was my favorite out of yeah. that whole movie and then i got to meet him Oh wow! I've I've met him, and he's a he's a dialect teacher, you know, dialectologist, just like a friend of mine, uh, Eliza Jane Schneider, who mm-hmm. taught me how to voice match popular characters even mm-hmm. more. Because I always loved doing voices, but now mm-hmm. I voice act. Yeah, and doing voices is one thing. Uh, I, I will jump around to a lot of people who basically they all say the same thing. But Bob Bergen, who is the voice of Porky Pig nowadays, mm-hmm. he uh, and he's also played the voice of Luke Skywalker. And here's a mm-hmm. and here's a you know a wonderful thing that. Uh, you can do as well you uh you basically get a following you know you have your great great people great friends they uh they come up to you and they're just like hey yeah you know you were great in this and so on but if you don't bust out into a character nobody knows who you are so you can actually walk through the crowd without getting bombarded no paparazzi and everything so bob one time after he was luke skywalker in the video game he was able to walk through a crowd at comic-con and nobody stopped him and he like puts up his phone he goes let's see mark hamill do this (laughs) 
That's great. <laughs> but, it's great for him. Oh yeah, it's great for you. That's a, that's a nice thing that you, to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can sit down, have a sandwich, you know, just enjoy uh, the things. The you simple do. things. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about. And you can still do your art. Yeah. Without becoming famous or whatever, mm-hmm. you you become famous for the true fans. That's what mm-hmm. I that's what I like to call it. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, they all say the same thing to where uh, Bob Bergen. He's just like, well, anyone can do voices. My gardener does voices, mm-hmm. but this is voice acting. Yep. It's like, can you maintain that voice for four hours or more? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to be some... happy. You have to be uh, mad, sad, uh, or over-the-top furious. Whatever it is. While you... maintaining that. When, when you do um, voice acting for companies or whomever, do they... Do they uh, require a certain amount of takes from you? Like, do honestly, uh, I do three. Three's uh, that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. maybe it, four if I didn't feel like the third one. was Are good. they variation takes? Very ta- variation takes. Like, and yeah. how how varied are they? Like, can I get an example of a small line? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what's a good line? Do you do you know one of the? I can I can go back to one. I I did a little animated pouch for a land handling system one okay. time. And his name is Peter, and he was up here, and he he just wanted to go go work out, and uh, okay. And like, hey, hey, can we, can we hurry up this, hurry up this interview? I'm I'm late for a workout. He's like, hey, can we hurry up this interview? I'm late for a workout. Hey, mm. I'm uh, can we hurry up? Uh, I'm late for a workout. So different nice. variations, like either happy or um, uh, stressed or uh, nervous or uh, maybe not even interested in the interview. It's like. Uh yeah, can we hurry this up? I'm uh, late for a workout. Do you do you have those types of uh, ways of reading just like loaded in your brain at this point, or was there a time when you maybe had a list to the side where you're like, okay, variations, mm-hmm. annoyed, <laughs> sad, <laughs> or whatever honestly, it is. Uh, there there's even a little app uh, on my phone uh, that is that has a list of things, that, uh, action verbs. Uh, Look up action verbs. Yeah, I've heard of that for acting before. Acting in general. Yeah. Because voice acting is still acting. Here's yeah. what people keep, you know, uh, like pushing it aside. It's just like you have to remember voice acting is still acting. So what's the what's the name of that app? I'm app? trying to remember right now. It's on my phone. I probably have to reach for it uh, here. It is. Thank you. Do-do-do. Make this it is known as Voice Over Self Direction. That is the app. Voice Over Self Direction. It's about five bucks, but you have it for life. I'm sorry. I was handed this note by Cassie and didn't listen to anything you just said. Well, I'm pretty sure people out there did. They did, yes. Um, so I'll just, I repeat I'll just watch the podcast, I guess, to get the info later. To that one question that I had. I, I can say the name one more time if you want to. Yeah, could you say it? <laughs> Voice over self direction. Voice over self direction. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. about five bucks on about five bucks on any phone. Worth it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me see. Um, I'll just pull up a list right now. So that since we're uh, talking about it. Yes. And then I have a list. Mm-mm. Lists. I, I, have, I love lists. I'm a list I person. I have a request list. Yes. And if you're out there right now, listening, and you want to call me up and request something, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish it was. It'd be cool if we were live one day. We'll be live and we'll do requests, but no. not today. So if we look on here, we have uh, the five popular directions. We have uh, uh, add-on emotions and triggers. 
We have commercial script samples. We have commercial audio samples. You can hear what other people have done. And we have a character self-direction, and we have uh, script and character audio. And uh, you can log on, and uh, they have a Facebook page. They have a Twitter page. So once again, it's uh, voiceover self-direction. Voiceover self-direction. Yeah, there are tons of people who come through all the time that are looking into VO work. Mm -hmm. And I would say, in Reno, you're one of the people that I know that's just very consistent. Oh, you have to be. Yeah. You have to be. I mean, uh, I'm still uh, coming up, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will tell you, too, even though I've done so much character work over mm-hmm. the years, uh, you should be open to different types of stuff because mm-hmm. there's so many different ways to get into voiceover. There's commercials. There's promos. There's museum tours. There's audiobooks. Yeah. So it's not just animation. It's not just things you see on the screen. It's things you hear all the time. Podcasts mm-hmm. like this, yeah. for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also um, audio dramas mm-hmm. to where it sounds like an old-fashioned radio show. Nice. People are still doing that on yeah. podcasts. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's it's endless amounts of stuff, and there's endless amounts of clients. I recently got back into a website called thevoicerealm.com. Mm-hmm. And the first time it took me like a year to get into it. I signed up and I waited and they're just like, oh, yeah, we'll get back to you between three to four months. But the process they do is so detailed and so intense that they have to go through everyone. And then like you basically made the short list. And now my profile is available for like, I don't know, 70 other websites because that's how they're connected and everything and totally worth it after. Worth the wait. Worth the wait. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Worth the wait. But I'll give you a list right now since we're still on the app because, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, we have like Those add-ons, emotions and triggers, suggested emotions and triggers like uh, the first one they say is mischievous, um, ironic or sweet or vindictive, happy, grief, bewildered, terror, joy, ambitious, curious, eager, uh, indignant, and so on. That's really – those are great things. For all the actors out there like – Anyone. It's anyone. not just for voice acting. Anyone. Yeah, anyone. I, I don't know. I'm uh there what, there are six main emotions, but uh all the time, like it's all about those those small detail emotions, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's not about being mad, it's about being annoyed or yeah. frustrated or Well here's the five most common uh asked for deliveries. Mm. Is warm and friendly. Right. Second is real person, guy or girl next door. No polish, just be yourself. Uh, then there's wry, dry, tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> okay. And then there's authoritative. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is... Uh, Submissive. Yes, cosmetic and sexy. Oh, was that? Oh, mm-hmm. yes. cosmetic and sexy. Yes, confidence, swag, sexy. I just heard sexy. authoritative. Like, mm-hmm. Submissive. Mm-hmm. No, no, authoritative is just like join the army. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, those are the five popular ones. Most popular directions. Most popular directions. Do they have least popular directions? I will have to look that up because they did not have that on there. Least popular. What is the least popular direction? I, I would, could I think. Would like to I know. could. It, it all just be like. Well, coming it from all a director, just be racist you've been a director stuff. longer That's than it. I have. You know? It all just be racist stuff and. and <laughs> racist oh my lord! Stuff I had to. Um, cringy. Give me a cringy audition. You have a cringy audition story. Here's the thing. Um, I've been trying to get into audiobooks since 2012, but it just hasn't worked out for me. Yeah. But um, I was actually in front of uh, this gal by the name of Jody Gottlieb, who uh, apparently is the promo queen of L.A., okay. and I read promo scripts in front of her. And she goes... She pull, Jenny. <laughs> she, pull, she pulls one of these. She goes, 
after that, you have no idea what's coming next. Yeah, that's a lot. She's just like, okay, when it comes to promos, you have to nail the script within the first or second take, and you're doing just that. Do you have a promo demo? I'm just like, I don't, I'm sorry. I've had so much uh, character work and she goes okay you need to get a promo demo you need to get a straight commercial demo because I have I have two demos uh, characters for animation and characters for commercials because a lot of people uh, sometimes uh, like there there was this lawn care I I don't even remember the name of the the, um, brand but they had they had a Scotsman talking about uh, lawn care you got to take care of your lawn and so they still use characters for commercials so I have those two demos and she goes uh, get a straight commercial demo and a promo because you're your regular sounding voice belongs in promo just Mm -hmm. uh long story short i'm just like well thank you and uh because like uh for instance she handed us a script for uh katie seagal's show uh rebel on abc okay and uh just like tonight katie seagal is rebel 87 central only on abc you know stuff like that but then uh she goes okay here's another script this is uh when uh the sequel coming to america you know Mm -hmm. coming to america Mm -hmm. too uh, was on Amazon Prime, and she's just like, oh, yeah, this is a comedy. This is Eddie Murphy, and, uh, you know, it's on Amazon and go. I'm just like, oh, I see what you're talking about. And I'm just like, starring Eddie Murphy in Arsenio Hall, mm-hmm. coming to America only on Amazon only on Amazon Prime, streaming now. And you notice how I, uh, I, I flubbed a little bit. But the beautiful thing, according to voice director Mark Cashman, who is a fabulous director, look up Mark Cashman for voice direction. He goes, the beautiful thing about uh, voiceover is that you can do it over. True. You, you don't have to nail it on the first time, and it's okay. You know, this is another one of those things where we can go cut. Take number 674. <laughs> Hopefully we don't get <laughs> to that point. But yeah, uh, like take one, take two, take three, just you know, boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden, like the director goes, I like take three. And then they'll do that. Like it. Like it. Love it. But when you're self-directing, you don't know what the director wants. And sometimes, for um, for instance, like like warm and friendly, you know, mm-hmm. that's the one of the top directions. So you do that, and then it's like, okay, warm and friendly up here, and then maybe uh, just a little more laid back, warm and friendly. But then if you go in a completely different direction, they love that too. Mm-hmm. They love variety because you have to think about casting directors and creative directors. They listen to so many auditions, so make it fun for them as much as it is for you. New ideas. Always new ideas. And sometimes uh, they, well, I should, should should say most of the time they hang on to it for down the road. And there's just like, well, it didn't work for that job, but we do have another job coming up. You're always auditioning. I say, always. That, I say that to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Always, I um, Speaking of always auditioning, <laughs> I actually have Uh-oh. a list of requests Uh-oh. that uh, I need to get to. So um, uh, this is the one one-line voice match requests. Oh, dear. Okay. So. Our first requests, uh, the late great Gilbert Godfrey. Oh dear God, I can't. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey to me was like close to Nathan Lane, you know, as far as the raspiness yeah. goes. So it's like I'm almost I have to get up into Nathan Lane and then and then pull back a little bit just to get right there. I have to get away from the microphone. I know I'm not nailing it, but here's the thing: if you don't nail a voice match. Put it on your original character demo because you just created something new. Mm. Never feel discouraged about it. I learned that from Jim Cummings, the voice of Winnie the Pooh. 
mm-hmm. for many of the many years. You know, Winnie the Pooh, Darkwing Duck, Taz, you know, f- fantastic guy. Um, he said, and Hank Azaria said it too. He said, every voice I do on The Simpsons, you know, uh, Hank said that every voice I do on The Simpsons is a bad impression of a celebrity. Mm. And then all, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he created original characters. That's pretty funny. So if you don't nail it, don't be discouraged. Put it on your original character demo instead of your voice match demo. Could could you say a line for me as Gilbert? <laughs> Sarah, because uh, I I love Iago. Let me let me just uh, pull uh, pull could some I, could Aladdin I give lines you a line? out here. Uh, that's just like uh, thinking about it. it what, what, what's a good one? What's a good one? Uh, is it, we're, we're on the spot. I'm, it's like I don't have the Aladdin script or the movie in front of me. I can quote it along with the movie. Uh, well, let me see here. Going through scene by scene, and we are thinking, uh, there. It's like, I don't believe it. I just can't believe it. We're never going to get a hold of that stupid lamp. Look at this. Look at this. I'm so ticked off that I'm molting. I'm so ticked off that I'm molting. It's been a while since I've seen Aladdin. Um, the next is... Patrick Warburton. Yeah, Patrick Warburton. Uh, Cassie knows who that is. Uh, um, he's Kronk from Emperor's uh, New Groove. He's like, oh, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <gasps> My spinach puffs. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, right. The poison. The poison for Cusco. The poison specifically chosen for Cusco. Cusco's poison. That poison? Can you talk to me in squirrel, Patrick? Uh. Squeak, squeaker, squeak, squeakity. Uh, squeak, squeaking. That's great. That's great. <laughs> um, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, yes. This is one of my uh, my most popular requests because I've actually dressed up as Captain Jack Sparrow. I've got a costume and everything. I even took an old witch wig and I, uh, I sewed dreadlocks. I made the dreadlocks myself and I've sewed it into the witch wig and I've made uh, all the... Hair ornaments, if you will, and I even got it's not it's not bloody mascara, you daft wenches. I put it put it on as well and uh, I even got to you know I'm, I'm wearing a pirate ring right now and I even have the Jack Sparrow ring Arr. as well. Like Ah You forgot you forgot one very important thing, mate. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, Christopher Walken. Oh, wow Gosh, uh, this guy here told me to just pull it out. And so I did. Right there. Right in front of him. And that was the biggest black hair I've ever seen. (laughs) This watch. Just watch it. This watch. Sorry. What is that? (laughs) Pulp Fiction I'm pulling out? This watch. Uh, I also have one song request real fast. Uh Uh-oh. It's a very popular song. You've probably heard of it. It's called Ai Chihuahua. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Yeah, well, this is a little hint to to a a series that I'm going to be in, my first animated series, just so you know. So you're going to be in your first animated series. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to be in my first animated series, and it's a little NDA right now. We haven't released anything because we're about to record. Uh, ne- yeah, in September. We're recording next month. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, I will say, got to get to play a little Cholo Chihuahua with a bit of attitude, man. Mm. It's a bit of attitude. But um, my director, uh, well, I, I, let me go back. This story takes place on, uh, on a day that I went to a family funeral. Mm-hmm. And we lost um, my cousin's mother, 
Mm-hmm. And so we went and, you know, gave her support. It was in, gosh, U- Unionville, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, uh, so two-hour drive there, two-hour drive back, four hours total. And it was nice to see family that I've never met, you know, how cousins mm-hmm. get. And so we're driving back, and my mom... Uh, turns on the windshield wipers because the storm was coming in and everything, and her windshield wiper on, on the what? Uh, windshield tongue twisters. That's what voice actors love. Windshield ri- uh, windshield wiper on the right. Say it five times fast. Uh, started to stick, and it sounded like a metronome. So mm-hmm. it was just like and. I'm just like, you know, pretending to be like beatbox. And it's like, so I was just messing around. And then mom goes, well, why don't you write a song for this series that you're going to be in? I'm just like, and if I was younger, you know, still being that shy kid, I'm just probably would have brushed it off. And just like, oh, yeah, sure, mom, whatever. Mm -hmm. But after learning how to get get out of my own way and uh, really enjoy writing stuff and posting stuff and impacting people and inspiring new ideas, I'm just like, yeah, okay. So I was on this very phone. I still have my notes right here on the original lyrics and everything. And so I just wrote it down, and I went, oh, yeah, um, let me see um, what I did here. And first part I I wrote down in in about five minutes. Hang on. Yeah, the first part I wrote down in five minutes, and then I took the beginning and added it at the end instead, and then I switched things around. I'm just like, okay, so the whole song, uh, so I wrote the theme song for the series I'm going to be in. It's my first mm-hmm. original song. It's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, but it starts off with, because uh, you know how, uh, since I'm going to be a, play a little cholo chihuahua, and a lot of people say a lot of the time, I chihuahua, I'm just mm-hmm. like, hmm. I chihuahua. So since it's uh, it takes place with two two main characters are two chihuahuas, mm-hmm. and so uh, back up here so I don't be too loud. But I start off with like, hey chihuahuas, hey hey chihuahuas, hey chihuahuas, hey hey chihuahuas. Come on, friends, we're gonna save the day, gonna have some fun in a different way. It's a new adventure for you and me with. And I'm gonna stop it right there because I'm gonna reveal the names. Okay, but that's but it. That, that's that is, the teaser. That is the teaser. That's the teaser. Yep. Officially. Uh huh. Um. So, just to kind of plug you for a little bit, yeah. Uh, if I wanted to find all that stuff in the future, mm. like you know, works that you are have been in currently mm-hmm. are working on mm-hmm. or future works, where would I go, or where would I go to hire you even? Honestly, you can uh, find me on Instagram. That is the fastest way to get a hold of me right the now. Graham. The, the gram, uh, since it's a visual platform and I'm a visual person, because mm-hmm. uh, I, my main source of income right now is voice acting, uh, character design, because mm-hmm. I'm a digital artist now, as well as a video editor. If mm-hmm. you're an actor who needs a video reel, who has like all these all this footage from you know the past, and you want to put the reel together, mm-hmm. you can hire me f- uh, to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Whether voice acting or live action, I'll put it together for you. So just the gram is the best place. The gram to is the best, you. best place. Do you have any other uh, platforms or places? Uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, you can type. It, you can go to Google. Mm-hmm. Just go to Google. Type in Jeffrey B. That's me, and I will pop up everywhere. Jeffrey B. That's me. That's the whole thing, mm-hmm. and that's what I am on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok. I'm everywhere. Great. I'm very easy to find. Don't take that too literally. 
serial killers. Yes, I'm so easy. So easy. Mm, he he easy. could be a serial killer. We proved that already. Yeah, so it would okay. be serial killer versus serial killer, and he would kill you first. <laughs> I bet, because he's that into character. I'm a weird person. Sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize for being weird. We're, we're, we're freaking creative people. That is true. The creative true. mind never sleeps is what I tell people. And especially for those, I'll, I'll say just one more thing, especially for those who have uh, probably like most of us been raised by families who say get a real job. No way. <laughs> like most never of us. heard like, that. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing that they don't realize they're trying to tell us. They're trying to tell us to, uh, well, like Bob Bergen too, because he used to be uh, a massage therapist before he was a voice actor. And what they don't realize, uh, what our families are actually trying to say is get a regular job or a survival job until this comes through. Yeah. But the thing is, getting a regular job for someone creative, we're not regular people. So we're not going to last very long there because it's not feeding our creative energy. Yeah, it uh, kills the soul just a little bit. Just a little bit. But yes, the creative mind never sleeps. So if you can't find work, create it. Yeah, make that's it good. Make it yourself. You, I like that. That's a good That's a good uh, leave off. If you can't find work, make it. Create it yourself. Thank you very much, Jeffrey. Thanks, buddy. Jeffrey B., that's me. Go look him up on Google. You can find him on – he has an IMDb. I stalked him at one point. <gasps> or Facebook. He didn't mention that either, but he's on Facebook. I am. Which I'm... is basically Instagram with words. So many words. And I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm there too. LinkedIn for all you LinkedIners. Mm-hmm. I know you – are ravenously coming to this YouTube channel to watch this <laughs> podcast. Oh, uh, thank you very much. And uh, until next time, au revoir. Bye-bye. Bye. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Get on over here. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Oh.